Hello, lovely. It's Shauna Lee, and welcome back to the Soul Frequency Show podcast, where we're stepping into the light and raising our frequency together. Each week, we get to return to this sacred space to have conversations about the things we all experience in life, love, health, and career. A space where we, as spiritual beings, having this human experience can amplify our gifts and remember our truth. The title of this episode is Intuitive Entrepreneur. I believe that this is the dawning of another wave that we are going to see of growth for online entrepreneurship in the coming years ahead for massive shifts, right? To be created and born, we need to do the inner work, right? That comes first. That really builds the foundation to see what wants to be created. Sometimes we approach creating businesses or we approach entrepreneurship from just like, let me just take massive action and not look at anything other than that, which I'm all about massive action. But if you create a foundation through inner, inner work, right? Inner reflection, when you go to build that building, it has a solid foundation to stand upon. Like without a concrete foundation, if you try to just put a building up on dirt, right? It may stay up. You may be able to, you know, bubble gum that together, but as you start to grow floor after floor after floor, you will see that it's not a sound building, right? And it's really about building the foundation for which everything that you create can stand upon. And today I sat down to have a conversation with Bridget Esselmont. We talked about her starting in the online space over 20 years ago. That was in the earlier days. Um, what she learned as an entrepreneur, how she's supporting others and growing their platforms. And if you have grabbed the PDF guide um, about manifestation, so the three steps to manifesting a high-frequency life, then, and if you've started to work through that, then you know, right, how to start manifesting this next level. If you haven't grabbed it yet, you can go to the soul, S-O-U-L, frequency.com, and you can download the guide right there you get it immediately. You can listen to Bridget's wisdom and start the planning process and begin to create and manifest your future plan because the time is now, right? We are going to flow in the goodness, right? Stay in the higher frequencies and get the downloads of what wants to be created through us. Bridget is an intuitive business strategist. She's an entrepreneur and mentor. She's a published author. She founded Biddy Tarot. Um, because she loved to read tarot cards. And she has created an abundant seven-figure business that employs 15 people and serves over 5 million tarot lovers every year. Prior to that, she had a 15-plus year career as a management and human resources consultant working with Australia's top companies. Bridget has been featured in the Huffington Post, Body and Soul, Mind Body Green, Refinery29, and she's appeared on numerous podcasts. Um, and she really is about helping entrepreneurs step into their passion to know both the practical strategic skills, but also to listen to their intuition so that what they build is really a reflection of who they are. So with no further ado, Bridget Esselmont.
Bridget, welcome to the show. I'm happy you're here. Oh, I'm super excited to be here. It's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah. So I'm so curious because we've talked before and I didn't get to ask you about your journey and where you've been. And now you're here on my show, um, which is awesome. I got to be on your show as well. And I really am curious myself just how you grew your platform and how you grew your entrepreneurial journey. So can you take us back to where it all began and kind of give us like the key steps into getting to today? Yes, absolutely. So I'm going to take you all the way back to 1999, which is actually when I first started my website. And this is back in the day when you'd have those flashing highlighted um, banner ads and Yahoo groups and all of that good stuff. And I was studying at university. I was learning how to read the tarot cards. And I thought, you know what, it would be really great to be able to share what I'm learning with other people, whether that's, you know, one, two people out there in the world. I didn't really care. All I wanted to do was get something up so that I could start to share what I was learning. And that was really the birth of um, Biddy Tarot. So for those first, I don't know, 10 years or so, 10, 15 years, it was very much just a fun hobby that I was doing while I was working in the corporate world. And I was working as a management consultant and in human resources. And then on the weekends, I'd be pulling out my tarot cards. I'd be reading for people, writing up different um, blog posts about what the cards mean and how to read them and so on. And then I think this things started to really shift and change for me in 2009 when I read Tim Ferriss's Four Hour Workweek. Have you read that book? Yes. Yes, that was a massive game changer for me because it just opened up my eyes to a whole new possibility that you could take something like your passion that you're interested in and convert it into a business and particularly around like information products and selling those online. So I thought, oh, great. I've just written, you know, an abundance of words around the tarot card meanings and maybe I could turn that into an ebook. And so I started selling this ebook for $10 on my website. And, you know, like there's probably a sale a week, nothing too dramatic. But for me, it was this sign that there was this whole other possibility in how I could generate an income. Um, fast forward a few more years, I did some very basic SEO on my website. I started getting into the top rankings on Google and I started to see the traffic to Biddy Tarot really starting to uh, increase. And I had some ads on the site. And eventually by 2012, my income through Biddy Tarot reached the same level that I was getting in my corporate job, which was, you know, a six-figure income. And I thought, this is like, this is it. This is my invitation to leave behind the corporate world and pursue a passion as a business. And really from 2012, um, things just skyrocketed. So what are we now? 2020, we have over 8 million people visit biddytarot.com um, every year. And that number continues to grow at a very rapid rate. Uh, we are serving thousands of students through our certification programs, online courses, membership site, books and audio and so on. And we've even managed to get um, the Everyday Tarot Deck into Urban Outfitters, which was an absolute dream of mine because my mission and my vision really is about bringing tarot into the mainstream and making it a really normal and everyday part of our lives. So it's been an exciting journey and that's kind of the very fast forward version of it. Um, but 
you know, it's, it's one of those journeys where I didn't start with a business plan. I followed my gut. I followed the breadcrumbs and it has just blossomed into something amazing. I love that. I love that you were in it like that far back too. I mean, that was, that was very forward thinking of you at the time to start. I mean, that was before so much of the online space has even occurred. I mean, really things started, I think just starting to boom around 2010 or a little bit before that. So it's so cool that you were doing that like an early adapter. Yes. And I think actually, if you go into like a way back machine and have a look at some of the very old versions of the website, it's pretty embarrassing. However, I will say (laughs) that I learned how to write HTML. I hand coded the entire site and I'm very proud that I was able to do that, but definitely would not get away with that these days. No. That is amazing. That's so, yeah, it was so building a website right down in the flash days and all that stuff is like night and day now to, to building a website. So that's incredible that you have had your hands in the technology of it too, because obviously as an entrepreneur, I think in this day and age, you really, you, you need to be an online entrepreneur. Your part of your business at least is going to be online, right? Even if you have a brick and mortar business. And so can you like, I'm really passionate about the message you're talking about for intuitive entrepreneurs. And I, I'll just give you my vantage point a little bit, because as somebody who reads energy and somebody who works with people on these levels, I talk to a lot of people and who either are like yourself, like working in a you know corporate career and really have a desire to move into entrepreneurship or like are kind of afraid of entrepreneurship, but working a corporate job, but have like an idea or something that's coming to them that's kind of calling them forward. And I think, you know, there's a lot of different information out there in the world. And certainly you see a lot of different five steps to this. And you, you know, if you follow these three steps, you will get here. And I just think the idea of our own gut instinct and our own intuition and how to marry that into, you know, the steps that we might need to take the very practical steps that we might need to take is so important. So can you talk about when you say intuitive entrepreneur, what that really means to you? Yeah, I find that um, being an intuitive entrepreneur means trusting yourself probably way more than you trust everything else around you. Um, And look, it's, it's kind of a dance because when you get started with a business, uh, I know that I was like just hungry for information. I listened to so many podcasts. I read so many books. I took so many free webinars and I was like a sponge just taking these different tactics and strategies um, in. And then I would start to apply them. And, you know, with an audience like mine, which is very spiritually minded, very conscious um, and obviously around tarot, you can't really get away with like the whole sleazy marketing um, salesy stuff, right? So I would take these kind of, uh, I don't know, very strong sales uh, strategies and tactics and I would try to apply them in my business and then they would fall flat or something would just feel like really icky and gross or people would start to complain and so on. And I started to realize at that point, it, it wasn't enough just to take the blueprint or, you know, the seven steps or whatever it might be, that I actually needed to process them through my own internal filters and make them mine and also find what I felt truly in alignment with. And then once I started to gain the confidence to do that, then things started to flow. And 
something that I really pride myself on is this ability to take, um, you know, my business acumen and then also my spiritual consciousness or um, spiritual, I don't know, spirituality really, to be able to blend both of those to create something that is really meaningful on a deeper level but also can create a really flourishing business and to me that's the essence of intuitive entrepreneurship is it's not discounting all of the business side of things it's not saying well I don't need strategy I don't need tactics we do but also putting them through that filter of what does my gut tell me is in alignment what is in my highest good what is in the highest good of my community and how do you find that beautiful sweet spot in the middle because also I believe that when we can marry up intuition and entrepreneurship or you know strategy and intuition that's where we find this beautiful competitive advantage it's something that not many people are tapping into just yet but I strongly believe that when you do tap into it it opens up a huge amount of opportunity as a business owner and as an entrepreneur to you know really grow and expand your company in exciting ways. I agree with that 100%. And I've, I've found that in my own journey as well. So I can attest to that from my own experience. In fact, it's interesting because um, there was a point in time because the soul frequency, which is the title of almost everything I do, um, it came to me as a download. And I was told by a very well-respected business coach that nobody would know what that is. And therefore I couldn't use it. And I was really like struggling with that because I felt so called, like this was something that wanted to come through me. And yet somebody who I respected, who had a lot of experience said, no one will understand what it is. And I had to go back and forth between like my head and my heart, you know, and, and really like find peace um, with whatever my decision was. And obviously we know what my decision was, but I decided that, um, that, that, what had come through was so strong that it, that I would regret not listening to that, no matter what. Like even if I chose something different from my head and it had success or traction, that I would feel like, what if though? What if I would have listened to my own intuition and the guidance that I was receiving? Um, and so it's fascinating and certainly it's grown and it's been wonderful. Um, but But I think every entrepreneur comes to crossroads where you have this, like, am I going to listen to my intuition? Am I going to listen to my, you know, to what someone else is telling me? So how do you guide people when you come up to those moments? Mm, yes. And I, I think it comes through in so many different ways. So um, in terms of being able to listen to your intuition, particularly as it you know relates to business, having spaciousness is really, really important, right? So I'm, I'm very guilty of um, being busy and being busy and, you know, jumping from one thing to the next. But it's only when I create spaciousness in my calendar and in my work schedule that I have those times where my mind can just start to dream and to wander. And it's really in those moments of spaciousness that I get my absolute best ideas. Because when I'm when my brain's like churning things through and trying to think and problem solve, um, it can do only so much. But when there is all of this space and I can just wander and dream and journey and so on, then it's as if, I don't know, that everything just starts to settle in in a very different way. Um, I also find that with intuition in business, 
it's something that just doesn't go away. So um, you know how we can sometimes have those moments of you know, like the new, the latest fad or the latest trend, the latest thing that you must do in your business. And you think, oh my goodness, I've got to do this, you know, and you start rushing to do it. But intuition works in such a different way. It's more of this kind of like gentle nudging that's persistent over time. And you can often feel it around like, you know, um, I think that I need to launch this course on business, but really my gut is telling me to launch a course on intuition, for example. And, you know, rationally you might think that the business course is going to do better, but you can't help but feel that constant pull in your gut towards the intuitive um, course instead. And so oftentimes it doesn't make sense to other people, but on a much deeper level, it does make sense to you. And so that's why too, you know, following your intuition can be scary and um, it can be really challenging because others won't understand what you're doing and why you're doing it. And yet you'll have this deeper knowing that you are heading in the right direction. So it certainly takes a lot of courage to be able to say yes to your intuition and, and really follow it in business. Ooh, I love that you said that. And I think that that's so true. Um, and I think, you know, don't you think a little bit too, the journey of entrepreneurship is the, the journey of learning to trust your intuition or your gut instinct or whatever you want to call it. Because ultimately, I think, I don't know any entrepreneur at some point or another that doesn't have, you know, come to that fork in the road and say, okay, am I trusting my gut with this? And like you said, it may seem like nobody else really understands why you're going to go right. And you just have to have that courage, don't you think? Yes, I think there's so many interesting facets to entrepreneurship. So, um, for example, one of them being like you are in control. So, you know, when you're like when you're working in a normal job, it's easy to blame. Like it's easy to be the victim. Oh, I had to move to this um, new state because my employer told me, oh, I had to work late on this weekend. Oh, I had to do this job or whatever. But when you're an entrepreneur, if you like if you're the boss, you're the founder, there's no one bossing you around. There's no excuses of like, well, I had to go and do this, right? So we have this ultimate choice. We have this free will that we can um, execute in our business. And, you know, if you're sitting there feeling dissatisfied with something like, oh, poor me, why am I working so many long hours? You actually forced to go, hang on a second, I'm my own <laughs> boss. Like I'm making me do the long hours. So if I don't want to work long hours, I can change that. And you know, it, it sounds exciting, this um, idea of free will and um, conscious choices, but it's really actually quite scary because we have to get really clear about what is it that we truly want in our lives and fully accepting that we are the creators of our own destiny and our own future. So I find that element to entrepreneurship really, really interesting. And, you know, when you are presented with um, a, like a fork in the road, you have to be very clear about what it is that you truly, truly want and not just what you think society wants of you or what you think success looks like. You have to get to the absolute fundamental core of what is right for you at that higher, higher level. Um, I think too with entrepreneurship, when we are creating businesses and particularly where you might be a more personally branded business like you and I, um, it is a full expression of self through our business. And we are putting so much of ourselves in our business. There's no hiding. There's no kind of putting on a mask and being something 
that you're not. I mean, people try to do that, but I don't think it necessarily has longevity. Um, but we, we need to be fully expressed through our business. So again, it's come like it's this invitation to really understand, well, who, who am I? How do I want to show up in this world? How do I want to be of service? Um, and these are giant questions. So, you know, coming back to what you're originally talking about, um, entrepreneurship is an amazing vehicle to explore one's intuitive self and higher self and truest expression of oneself. Yeah. yeah amazing. And, yeah. And I think, I mean, you just brought up what I feel is like one of the most important points, because again, you know, you can get really into looking through the lens of strategy, which like you said, is so important. It is like foundational, but the piece you just talked about, if you have, you know, a personal brand or something where, you know, it's going to be your face on that website or, you know, on your social media is representing the work that you do. There is like a process to, to stepping forward in that. And I think a lot of people, um, like minimize that in the sense that they think that like, why am I having such a hard time with this? Or why is it challenging to go from, let's say a big corporate career to all of a sudden I'm, you know, starting as an entrepreneur, which is, is ultimately like starting over in business in a different way than you've ever been in business. And even if you have all this experience, it's still new and it's different. And then on top of that, to not be behind a big corporate logo as one of the many people in that company, but to be the leader of it and it to be your face and your name or something you created intuitively. Can you talk about like with maybe some of the people you work with, like what comes up around that for people? Well, I can even reflect on my own personal experience here and going on the journey from, um, you know, going through the university system. So I have, I, I did a bachelor degree with honours, then I did a master's degree. So I think I spent over 12 years through university in some way or another and that whole concept of like academic writing, it's, it's very specific and you, you do it in a certain way. And also to become truly awesome at something you, in, in academia, you study and you research and you build off existing knowledge and so on. So there was that experience. And then there's corporate where you're typically writing in the third person, you're writing in a very professional way, you're showing up at work in, uh, in a very different way. I remember oftentimes feeling like I would have my professional self or my work self and then I'd have my at-home self and they were two very different um, aspects. And then I leave the corporate world and enter entrepreneurship and having a, an online blog and I remember at the start, like my writing was so stiff. It was so academic. It was so corporate. Um, but the problem was it just didn't really resonate with anybody. It just didn't really click. And so I had to go through a huge unlearning process to start to show up, you know, and write in the first person. So write about me to be able to share my own stories and be vulnerable to not have to always be right and have all of the answers, to be able to accept that, um, you know, we could actually forge our own path instead of always building off what already exists, um, because that's where, you know, true innovation and creativity really comes through. So I think this transition from, you know, corporate world or even, you know, academic world um, into entrepreneurship, particularly in the format that it is right now, where we do need to show up as our 
really authentic self. It's, it's a huge transition. Um, however, I will say that I do strongly believe that it's a really important step. Like uh, there's a lot of benefit having come from the corporate world and now into entrepreneurship and particularly spiritual entrepreneurship, because I feel that a lot of the skills that I've built up in my corporate work are now really starting to come into play in my entrepreneurial life. Um, so for example, you know, I was working in human resources when I left corporate, I thought, what am I doing? I'm going to leave all of that behind and become a tarot reader. But lo and behold, we have a team of over 20 people now and I am doing all sorts of things around um, HR and um, strategy and so on. So it's all coming full circle. And had I not had that experience, I don't think I'd be able to show up in the way that I'm showing up right now in my company and to be able to grow it in the way that we're growing it. So it, it's, it can, I think that there needs to be this unlearning of what we learn through the corporate experience but also to acknowledge that there's a lot of benefit too in being able to bring that corporate experience into this new realm that is entrepreneurship. It's so true. And I think, you know, if you look back on your journey, like it's stepping stones, right? And I, all, I always think that everything that we do in our life, whether we realize it or not at the time, we're picking up information that's necessary for our future and for the ultimate thing that we're here to bring forth. And so it's great that you brought that up because, you know, you might've thought at the time, like, I need to get out of this. I never want to do this again. And then, you know, here you are going, oh, I'm glad I have this skill set. Yes, absolutely. And, and I think I really want to speak to um, the folks who might be in more of that transition phase, like perhaps working a corporate job and starting to think about creating a new business or in the very early stages of a new business. And then thinking, well, when is that time that I leave behind the corporate job? Um, it's not going to feel easy and streamlined at that point. You know, uh, it's oftentimes later down the track that you realize that everything that you had learned in corporate is now starting to serve you in your own business. But at the time of transition, it can seem like a very bumpy ride and it doesn't necessarily mean that you shouldn't do it. Um, sometimes, you know, we have to make that leap of faith into the unknown without knowing how, all of the pieces are going to come together um, and, you know, it goes right back to intuition and just trusting your gut and, and going for it. It's so important. I wanted to just touch on before we go into the questions, um, what, when you look back on your journey, because I think this is interesting, whether somebody, like you said, is just thinking about stepping into entrepreneurship or having a dream about that or even somebody who's listening that is well into their entrepreneurial journey, since you have this beautiful spectrum of, of how you started and when you started and where you've grown things with this great team now surrounding you and helping you further your message, what were the like aspects when you look back of that journey where there was like growth pains, you know, like maybe before you took on your first employees or I don't know what it would be, but when you look back, where were the things where you're like, wow, I need to make a jump at this point, or I need to expand um, through some of this, this growth? You know, I think from up from, you know, 2012 through to 2019, um, it felt like a very sort of incremental uh, growth trajectory. I mean, the revenues were like, crazy exponential growth. Uh, but in terms of my personal growth as a leader of the organization actually felt quite smooth and everything felt like it was just 
moving on exactly as it needed to. And I'd often think, oh, how come all these people talk about problems? I don't feel any problems. But then 2019 happened. (laughs) Um, And, you know, at the start of 2019, I was actually starting to get a little bit bored with my business and it felt like it was stagnating. And I just, I don't know, the energy around it just didn't feel great. And so I, in fact, started to disengage from the business and said to my team, look, you guys run it. I'm good. I'm just going to hang out over here and do something different for a little bit. Um, But then I started to realize that actually, no, what was really bubbling up from inside is I wanted to grow Bitty Taru much bigger than what it was. Um, I wanted to grow it to a $5 million company and eventually $10 million company. And who knows what else? Like, And for me, it's more about how do we get Taru out into the mainstream in a really, really big way? And how do we just expand um, beyond any kinds of, uh, you know, potential limitations? How do we enter that place of unlimited potential and what is possible? So I started to get this energy around it. I thought, great, let's do it. And I start changing the team. I start changing the way that we operate, the culture. But I think what happened was it was all too fast and it was all kind of, Um, very much in its infancy and trying to move things forward without having really sat back and thought them through. And so, you know, the end of 2019 for me was probably the toughest few months that I've ever had as an entrepreneur because I was hiring people, we had people exiting, we had all sorts of emotional meltdowns happening in the company. Um, It was just really, really challenging And, you know, by the time I got to December, I was absolutely exhausted and burnt out. Um, Thankfully, I had five weeks completely off and didn't work. And that was enough to help me re-energize. And I've come back this year just feeling so energized and aligned about what we need to do. And I think what it like in reflection, what had happened during that period is I feel like perhaps I was trying to force growth in what wasn't yet a fully evolved mindset. I don't think I'd fully stepped into the place of being the CEO of a $5 million company. You know, sometimes I think we have to be so many steps ahead of where we are and act as if we're already in that place and then make decisions out of that place. Whereas I think I was still coming at it from maybe, um, you know, a $1 million company um, mindset. And it was rocky and bumpy. But, you know, in addition to that, I think too, like I've never led a $5 million company. I don't know what to do. And so, of course, like I'm going to make mistakes. And I think at the start, because I'm a high achiever, I was um, really hard on myself for making mistakes and not doing things the perfect way. But what I've realized over time is that, you know what, like this is all part of the journey. I am going to make mistakes. I haven't done this before. I'm doing the absolute best that I can. But there are going to be times where I disappoint people or let others down or not do it exactly perfect the first go. Uh, So there's kind of that level of self-forgiveness and acceptance that goes along with it too. It's It's so true. And it's also, you know, I think there's so much to be said for, especially when you have 20 employees or even just five employees, right? 
you, those are five different personalities or 20 different personalities. And the company becomes, you know, obviously so much more than just you as the individual, right? There's all these different people's energy in the growth. And I think it, it does take some time, like you said, to step into that next level mindset wise, right? And, and assess all of the different moving parts and the people. And, you know, it's funny because sometimes I think in any, in any corporate environment, any work environment, you have just different personalities. And some people are like, right, let's grow. Let's make this thing bigger. And some people are like, I don't want anything to change, right? Like, let's just keep it the way it is. And so, you know, as the leader, you're making choices about how and when, and what's the time frame to move something forward. And of course, like, you know, some people won't stay in alignment with that and, and there'll be new people that come in and some people that say, you know, this isn't what I want to do, or I'm not, I'm not in for the next leg of the journey. And so that's a lot of, I think it's important to remember that, like the behind the scenes, you know, so often we see businesses and you think, wow, that's amazing. And you don't realize that there are 15 people that have their hands in that or 20 people that are making all of the wheels spin, right? And you have all those personalities and it really does become so important, um, which it's beautiful that you've brought all these people together and are leading them this way. And I just get the feeling really sharing the journey with them. Like, you know, you're, you're you're like, I'm not perfect. Like this is, you know, we're figuring this out together. And I think that's what makes a company so strong is that type of just connection and commitment to figuring out the next level. And when you really think about entrepreneurship, the whole premise behind it is we're growing and going to places that either no one has ever been before, or at least we've never been before. So it's a process. Yes, and I, I think what happened was, in my mind, I'd committed to growing the company. And I thought, great, well, I've committed to it, so let's go, let's do it. But I hadn't had, um, I, I didn't really invest in checking in with the team and making sure that they were ready to grow. And I realised, too, that there was um, sort of more of an old mindset which is you know steady growth because that's exactly what we've been doing and we could just do the same thing over and over and still get a growth result and then I was bringing in new team members who had a really uh, rapid growth mindset and I could just see this like tension and friction happening between the old and the new mindset Um, and who was ready to jump on board with growth and who wasn't you know for many many of the team it growth was um, almost interpreted as, well, oh, no, that means I have to do more work or everything I've done before doesn't matter anymore or, you know, how this is affecting me. And I just didn't really have that in my conscious awareness. And that was my learning over that period is uh, to really focus on bringing people along on the journey or equally, if they don't want to be part of that journey, that's okay. You know, there's other places where they can work which will be, you know, more steady in, in terms of the growth pattern. I, I think, you know, we attract people into our teams at that sort of level of mindset and we, for that person to then grow with the company, like their mindset needs to grow at that same rate, but it doesn't always do that. And that's also, and that's okay. Um, but just being aware that there's this constant upgrading and evolving happening on an energetic level in the team, but also in these individuals and creating that alignment is, well, that's, that's a giant puzzle, I think, sometimes. 
Yeah. And what a gift you are to share, you know, the journey with the people that get to learn um, entrepreneurship from you, because like, certainly if you're following your intuition, your intuition is your soul self that's going to cause you to constantly want to grow, right? I mean, mm-hmm. listening to your intuition is is like constant expansion. And so if we're on that intuitive entrepreneurship journey, like you basically are signing up for, for personal growth and professional growth and, and how you you know, fit those in together and what the timing is for you on that. And then of course, how to, you know, how to lead a team through that. So I think all of this is like, I just think a lot of times if you haven't been an entrepreneur, you don't think about the different steps and stages of it. Or, you know, I mean, you think, I know I was like, oh, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. And you just think of yourself and putting a website up, right? And starting a business. And as that grows, right, there's there's so many moving parts and pieces that come in. And it's, to me, the most extraordinary journey that someone can show up for. Like, because of all of the lessons that you learn about who you are in the process, and also because you're sharing something that is in truth for you and you're sharing something that is, you know, to serve humanity in a way. And so all of those coupled together to me is just the most incredible ride. Yes, a hundred percent. I think this is the best possible personal development course that is out there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, have you signed up for entrepreneurship? Oh, you should. It's going to grow you in so many ways. No. I'm joking, but I know that you work with entrepreneurs at at all different levels and stages. So can you talk about um, the work that you're doing and how you support people in their journey? Yes. So I am working with a number of entrepreneurs who are tending to be more in the spiritual space. I'll I'll certainly say that. Um, And who also want to show up as their authentic selves in their work and be fully expressed through their work but at the same time also want to create highly successful businesses um, that are focused on strategy, but strategy blended with intuition. So um, at the moment I'm working one-on-one with a number of clients and doing business mentoring and so on. So you can find out more about that over at bridget.me and I spell Bridget like digit. So it's B-R-I-G-I-T dot me. And you'll find out more about the mentoring that I offer there as well. So wonderful. Go check that out, you guys. If you feel that entrepreneurial calling coming to you, it's certainly lovely to have somebody's guidance who has walked the path and has experienced at so many different levels of growth. I feel like I always say uh, transformation is not a solo sport. Like we really need someone to give us guidance and hold our hand and tell us we're heading in the right direction and same thing with entrepreneurship. So I love that. And I'm going to ask you our four questions now that we ask all of our guests. Um, And it's really just an opportunity to share any new things that are coming up in your life or things that you've learned. And the first step in the anatomy of transformation is truth. I believe that truth is a big catalyst in our life that when we discover a deep truth that it can really set things in motion. So what is a deep truth that you've discovered maybe even recently? Oh, the thing that just popped into my mind is I am enough. And this has been coming up a lot because I know when I don't believe that I am enough, I can go into patterns that don't serve me in the long run. And so being able to show up and say, I am enough and to have that as my truth 
that allows me so much more freedom to be more expressed and to make mistakes and to know that I'm doing my absolute best and that I don't need to push harder, strive harder, force things or anything that in the end I am enough. Mm, it's so powerful. It's so true. I think I am enough sneaks in for most of us, like at some point or another, especially when you're growing. I mean, that's fertile ground for I'm not enough to sneak in. So I love that. And the second step is release. So what is something that you've released from your life, be it a mindset, be it um, people and experience that really had you feel the truth that I am enough? Like, was there something that had to go? Mm, I think that taking on too much responsibility for other people's emotions. I know that I certainly did that uh, last year, particularly with my team. Um, and I'd fully acknowledge that, you know, some of my team were going through some really difficult, challenging times personally. But I think what I did was I took on too much responsibility thinking I'm creating this. Oh my goodness, it's all my fault. I'm, you know, I'm a terrible leader and all this stuff would come up. But what I realized is it's their journey. It's their emotions. um, And I can't necessarily sway it one way or another. And I think when I get to that place of releasing that need or that feeling of being responsible for other people's emotions, it again just gives me more spaciousness and freedom to be more fully expressed, but in a way that is also kind and compassionate um, and taking into consideration everyone's highest good, but not necessarily trying to, you know, necess- like always having to make other people feel better or feeling me feeling bad because someone else is feeling bad, you know? And I, yeah. I think too, as women, we fall into this trap quite a lot. Um, so that's been a big one for me. That's huge. And the third step is experience. So what has changed like on your team when you started saying, wait a second, I'm going to not take responsibility for everybody else's um, emotions and things going on for them. Did you see a shift in how the team was interacting or what happened with you guys? Yes, I think it also gives others more freedom to express themselves, right? Because you're not jumping in going, oh, don't be upset or, oh, my goodness, have I, you know, have I upset you? Um, There's just more freedom to express who who you are, what you're feeling. Um, And equally, I can express who I am and what I'm feeling. And then we can let it go instead of it necessarily becoming a big issue and, and something that, um, you know, becomes a cause of stress or overwhelm. Mm, I love that. And the fourth step is align, which is really what keeps us in our highest vibration, like whether that's ritual or within your team, like what is it that you kind of continue to align with to make sure that we don't, you know, you don't fall into an old pattern or a pattern that wasn't, you know, beneficial for you and your team? Do you know, a very, very simple thing that we've just started to do uh, this year is before we start any team meeting, we do two minutes of silence and set the timer, we close our eyes, taken a few deep breaths and we just drop in. And I can tell you it has been like transformative on so many levels. It means that, you know, when you've got back-to-back meetings, you've got the spaciousness in between just to kind of 
recollect yourself and realign. Um, it also means that when you start that meeting, everyone has had that two-minute opportunity to really drop down. So if you've had an emotional time before or, you know, you've, you've brain's been working on overdrive we're all back on that same state and also if you have five meetings in the day fantastic you've just snuck in 10 minutes of meditation that you probably wouldn't have done otherwise so um, for us that is working an absolute treat and really helping align each uh, person individually and also as a team that's a great tool. I love that tool because when you think about all the times people are reactionary, it's because we're just not even present, right? Just taking a few minutes to just become, be present, let go of, like you said, any calls that you were on before. I can see how effective that is, especially when you bring it into a group of people where everyone is doing that. I love that. Yes. And, you know, I don't know, I haven't really employed it in this way, but I could see where it would be helpful is where if a, actually, no, we have done it sometimes. Let's say you're in a meeting and you kind of go down a bit of a rabbit hole, but you know, you've got to stay on track with a different topic or you start discussing something else over here when really you need to focus over here. Um, and just even breaking that with one minute, one minute of silence, it, again, it's just this like pattern interrupt that we can create to change our state, to get back into centre again. And it's really from that place of alignment and being centred that you make much better decisions, you have much better communication, you know, you're vibrationally more in alignment with one another. So there's so much benefit out of just something so small and so easy to implement. It is. And those little tools just, they go, they just make all the difference in the world, which is why I love this section where he, all the guests share little tools. Because if we just start implementing just this today for all of you guys listening, just implementing a moment of silence, maybe a moment of silence when right before you step in your house after you come home from work, right? Or a moment of silence if you're, if you and your child, right? You're talking to your child about something and you're like, you know what? I'm just going to take a pause for a minute. I mean, these are the moments in relationships that can make all the difference, right? Before we say something, maybe we don't want to say, or we react to something, we can just take a moment and be responsible for that. And so thank you, Bridget, for sharing that. I think that's an awesome tool that everybody should utilize all over their life. Beautiful. Yes. So thank you for being with us. This has been wonderful. It's great information. Thank you for sharing your journey and sharing your wisdom with us. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I'm Shauna Lee, and you've been listening to the Soul Frequency Show podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Soul Frequency. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this show. Join me next week for more powerful awakenings and positive vibes.